Hello and thank you for joining us for episode 9, part 4 of our Messy series. This has been a four-week series examining the command to love our neighbor as ourself, and its uses throughout the Bible. The reality is loving others isn't easy. It requires selflessness and intentionality. We started in the Old Testament and have been moving through the Gospels and Paul's letters. This series looks at how God expects us to fulfill this command today. And this will be our last discussion considering the different aspects of love uh, depicted in the command, love your neighbor as yourself. And so uh, go ahead and turn with us to Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Again, that's Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. This is what it says. Don't owe anyone anything with the exception to love one another. That is a debt which never ends, because the person who loves others has fulfilled the law. The commands given to you in the scriptures, such as do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not take what is yours, do not covet, and any other command you have heard are summarized in God's instruction. Love your neighbor as yourself. Does it hurt anyone? Absolutely not. In fact, love achieves everything the law requires. And now consider this. You will know well the times you're living in. It is time for you to wake up and see what is right before your eyes. For salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. Verse 12. The darkness of night is dissolving as dawn's light draws near. So walk out on your old dark life and put on the armor of light. May we all act as good and respectable people, living today the same way as we will in the day of his coming. Don't fall into patterns of dark living, wild partying, drunkenness, sexual depravity, decadent gratification, quarreling, and jealousy. Instead, wrap yourselves in the Lord Jesus, God's anointed, and do not fuel your sinful imagination by indulging your self-seeking desire for the pleasures of the flesh. That's where we're going to end our scripture uh, for purposes of this podcast. One of the important things to note in this is that believers don't have an obligation uh, of any kind except the obligation to love one another. For instance, borrowed money and granted favors usually come with strings attached. How many lives and families have been ruined by debts and deals made really without much thought? But there is one obligation Paul allows, and that is the opportunity to love one another. When we share God's care and compassion with others, we fulfill the law whether we realize it or not. Fundamentally, God's law has always been about love. And that's really the big picture of Romans, that the people of Israel really they tried their hardest to obey God and follow the law, but they did not succeed. Only faith in Jesus' death and resurrection could do that. And that's what could fulfill God's promise to create a new covenant with his people, uh, the descendants of Abraham, the nation of Israel, and later the Gentiles. Through Jesus, God creates a new covenant family that includes everybody, including the Jews and the Gentiles, and they're united as they love and forgive one another. Even though people continue to reject Jesus, God uses their rejection to expand his family and grow the church. And so in that you could say that there's topics of love and salvation and that really the big idea is the law can be summed up by a single command to love your neighbor as yourself. And this is really the only way that we can collectively fulfill 
the command that Jesus puts uh, on us to love our neighbor. So just a few things to kind of consider as we move through this uh, is really, first of all, what, uh, what things are we supposed to accept and not accept in terms of loving our neighbor? Uh, first, the biblical definition of love doesn't include uh, what we would see as our culture's insistence of tolerating or even celebrating things that maybe are sinful. Uh, because, you see, love is also able to be wise uh, or discerning. Real love does not love everything. On the contrary, it actually, as Romans 12 verse 9 says, it hates what is evil and clings to what is good. So if we truly love, uh, you'll hate violence done to other people by whatever means necessary. But you'll love those who work for peace and even those who are guilty of violence. Uh, because we want them to turn from their way. Uh, we will hate lying, but we will love truth. Uh, at the same time as loving those who are lying. For we see them as people who need a savior. Um, and those are just a few examples. But the truth is that love can't love everything. The word also used in verse 14 to put on the Lord Jesus Christ... Uh, it's kind of an interesting one whenever he says, put on the armor of light. Um, this is a Greek word, uh, meaning to sink into or to put on or to clothe oneself. Uh, so kind of think about this. What is your favorite article of clothing? Or uh, maybe you have a really uh, luxurious robe uh, that you just absolutely love to wear. Uh, but it's something that you can kind of sink into. Um, and the thought here that Paul was trying to get across is, how can we be completely covered with Christ? Um, Ephesians 4.24 uses the same word, uh, to put on a new self, which is in the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Um, so just kind of consider that uh, as you read through this, that how can you fully clothe yourself with God uh, to where you can truly... Uh, love your neighbor. Romans 13, verses 13 through 14, also is kind of an interesting thing. Um, if you're familiar with the Saint St. Augustine, um, he actually came to Christ by reading Romans chapter 13, verses 13 through 14, and as, as it really was a summary of his life. Uh, verse 13 describes who St. Augustine was before Christ, and verse 14 uh, describes what he became. St. Augustine, you might know or may not know, that he had a rather promiscuous life through his youth and even felt God pressing him uh, to be saved, to which he would reply, uh, leave me alone a little while more, maybe tomorrow, uh, because he wanted to live, uh, according to his desires, just one more day. In other words, he avoided God and ran away from conviction for, for many years. But it was after he would say that St. Augustine realized that, that really um, loving our neighbor is about something more. Because St. Augustine became one of the most influential Christian theologians of all time. He really gives us a clear picture of the gospel. Uh, and this is what he said. If you find yourself delaying a response to God's call... Simply do not delay any longer. Today is the day to clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and say yes eternally to him. One thing I do want to talk about in detail is this kind of idea that 
Love is an inner disposition before it expresses itself in outward action. And I'll say that again. Love is an inner disposition before it expresses itself in an outward action. So don't think of love as just something that is active when you have a person in mind. Uh, love isn't just an action towards somebody, but it's also a mindset, and attitude. Uh, it's a disposition that produces behaviors that are good for people and community. Isn't it amazing that Paul's description of love contains almost entirely inner dispositions, not outward action, even though they are always followed by action? To be sure, all these dispositions produce certain outward behavior. That is not totally the essence of love. Patience, not envying, not arrogant, not irritable, not resentful, not rejoicing of wrongs, but rejoicing in truth, bearing, believing, hoping, and enduring. These are all acts of the soul first, not acts of the body. So the point is this, in Romans 13, verse 8, these are acts of the soul. The mindset ought to be there when you submit to governing authority, let's say. Or when you pay taxes, you should love the mindset. When you keep the speed limit, love should be in your mindset for community. And when you vote, love should be your mindset as well. What he's saying is let every obligation that you fulfill be an act of love. And this was really centered around an ancient thought uh, that's a very Eastern thought, but not so much a Western one. As in the West, we've really uh, put most of our focus upon individualism and self-expression. Um, whereas um, in the East, that wasn't so much true. It was more about for the good of the community and the collective spirit. Um, and this plays out hugely in our life. So, for instance, we usually see everything through the lens of, let's say, especially in an individualistic society, through the lens of guilt and innocence. So, let's say I break the speed limit whenever I'm driving to work tomorrow. Uh, I usually see that as something that only affects me. That if I speed, I pay the price. If I get a ticket, I am getting what I deserve because I'm guilty. And hopefully, if I get enough speeding tickets, I will quit speeding. But usually, we see that as something that only affects me. Uh, we usually also see that sometimes in terms of addiction. That uh, if I drink uh, or do other things, that often um, it only affects me and it's not hurting anybody else, right? Um, looking at these same issues through an Eastern lens um, is very different because... Let's say I'm, again, taking the concept of breaking the speed limit. Um, if I have a collectivist mindset uh, at the forefront of everything that I do, if I break the speed limit, uh, not only will I be upset that I broke the law and got a, a speeding ticket, but that I've also uh, disgraced the community that I represent at the same time. Uh, or the same thing with addiction, that I'm actually bringing community down and making it less, therefore making my neighbor less as well. Uh, that's a much different thought process um, than we usually think about it. So said very simply, uh, if I'm a Christian of accepted Christ, um, I need to actually bring honor to his name and actually encourage the body which then would mean that the community is always at the forefront of my thoughts. And not just what affects me, 
but what affects community? And this is really huge in this thought here of loving our neighbor. And that's how we can do that is moving from a very individualistic view of life that it only affects me or those that I love to what about the good of the whole and what's best for everyone? And what does God say what is best for everyone? Because that really brings us to an interesting question that whenever we read through Romans, we have to ask ourselves, does this each other phrase that keeps reappearing only refer to fellow Christians or does it refer to the greater whole of everyone? Of course, we see this in verse 8. And many interpret this to actually mean that it only refers to other Christians. Where it says, owe no one anything except to love each other. So, in loving each other is that Christians only. If each other here refers to only fellow Christians, then what we would have been talking about would have also changed. But there is good reason to think that each other is not just limited to Christians. Each other, in the second part of verse 8, overlap with the phrase, no one, in the first part of 8. Oh, no one anything except to love each other. No one refers to, at least, to the people in verse 7. The people we owe taxes to, and the people that we owe revenue to. So this also includes unbelievers, which is the general public and everyone. But it doesn't make sense to say... Owe no unbelievers anything except to love fellow Christians. So I think love each other in this verse is a very general statement about loving human beings. You don't fulfill the law by loving Christians and hating your enemy, for instance. That's really the emphasis on Romans chapter 12, wherever they say, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. Again, looking towards the community instead of the individual. And at the end of verse 8, Paul says, For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The word another is a broad and general word for anyone, not just a Christian. So considering everything that we've talked about uh, in this last week of Messy, is that really brings us to two conclusions. The first is this, that in verse 8, Paul is teaching us not that there's some perpetual debt of love that can never be paid off, but he's also teaching us that every debt can and should be paid off in love. So we can turn any payment into love, for instance, or turn any behavior into love. We're supposed to owe no one anything except love. That is, let every debt be paid as an act of love. Have the mindset of love in all you do. And that's really the first conclusion that we can draw to this, that everything I should do should be rooted in love. The other conclusion that we can come to um, is found in Romans chapter 13, uh, found mainly in verses 1 through 7. Uh, because Paul addresses the issue of love in this, and then he comes back to it later. Because he's clarifying a life of love that includes things like paying taxes and keeping up with your mortgage, paying your rent, your utility bills, and honoring human beings created in God's image. So what he's saying in, in all of these things from taxes to honoring your neighbor, we should pursue love in every one of those. And you see, this is really difficult because it's an all-encompassing reality for us. That often, if we're honest, love is not usually what we're rooted in, but it's usually individualism and what's best for me. 
But what he's saying here is let everything be done in love. Let the mindset of patience and kindness, contentment, humility, meekness, politeness, and forgiveness, let those things fill your heart and mind and overflow all those in the roots of love. So in everything you do, let there be love. So how could it be otherwise for people whose life is built on, let's say, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, where uh, Scripture tells us that God shows his love for us, that he died for us while we were sinners. Um, I want you to think about your story for a moment. I want you to think about the good things, the bad things, the ugly things, um, the things that you've told people, the things that you have in private and you've told no one. And I want you to think, how could God, with all of those things that you're thinking about, still love you? But yet he does, and he does it every moment, and he never gives up on us, and he absolutely adores and loves us. And so with that in mind, I want you to ask yourself uh, three questions that really turn us from a mess and difficulty in loving others to how can we be uh, God's masterpiece or his ambassador of love. Um, The first question is, in what ways can you hate what is evil and cling to what is good this week? What are those things that you really struggle with that you wish you could be done with today? And what things do you wish you could cling to that are good and would be great for your soul and for community? Second question is, in what ways can you accomplish a life rooted in love? Or maybe better yet, the question is, in what ways do I need to rely upon Christ to provide me with this love that I'm incapable of doing? And lastly, kind of back to that that image of clothing ourselves in love. How can you actually physically do that this week with those that you're in community with and those that are in your sphere of influence? How can you clothe yourself in love to where maybe they're asking themselves, man, what is going on with so-and-so this week? They have been so incredibly loving, even when I didn't deserve it. Um, There's a lot to really consider here in these verses of Romans chapter 13. And I hope really that at the root of it, you could say to yourself one day, I don't owe anything to anyone with the exception to love my neighbor And that debt will never end. I hope you've enjoyed our four-week series on Messy. And join us next week as we kick off a new series called We Are the Church. uh, In which we're really going to look at what is the purpose of God's church. What does that mean for us corporately? And uh, how can we reach out to the world and tell them this incredible message of the gospel. uh, And about how there's a God that loves them and wants to save them. Uh, and then in turn uh, be used for his purposes to bring other people to him. So I hope you've enjoyed this series. Uh, Feel free to drop us some comments or a note, and uh, you have a, a great evening, and we'll see you next week.